Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And we know that the Kingdom of God is not of the kingdoms of the world. And that's a pretty important distinction, but most people don't know what the world is. They don't know what, who the God's many are. They don't know, they don't know what religion is. Religion is how you take care of the needy of your society. You know, widows and orphans and people who don't have a family intact to take care of their needs. So they have to depend upon society in some form or other. Or they will just simply die or suffer immensely under the deprivation of not, you know, I mean, a woman has, I I knew of a woman in uh, Idaho who had a bunch of kids. Her and her husband were, bought this property around a lake and uh, they were improving it up. And he was a hard, hard worker, but when the kids were still small, he got cancer and she tried to nurse him and take care of him and medical bills. And before you know it, he dies and she has all these kids to take care of and no husband. But she had no community support to protect her. You know, she could fall on the social welfare insurance of society through the government. But uh, she was kind of an independent person, didn't really want to do that. Uh, they were home teaching their kids, and now the, their kids, you know, children's services gets involved and everything. And uh, what happened was is that she did not pay her property tax. She barely had enough money. She was working and trying to support her children and homeschool her children and take care of the property. And she fell on hard times after her husband died. And uh, during the time that he was ill, they stopped paying the property tax. And along comes people who uh, take her property away, put it on the sale because of lack of payment of taxes a couple of years, lacked a few thousand dollars in taxes, and uh, sold it at auction and uh, came in, took her kids, evicted her, and I don't know what happened to her. People were trying to help, but they didn't know how to help. They had no network to help. And she was a long ways away. I didn't know her. She wasn't a part of our network. I contacted a lawyer who was going to try to help her, and things just went from bad to worse. Made lots of bad decisions. But she was a widow, and all her children were orphans. And society stole her property. They sold it at auction for about 20% of its actual value to real estate developers who were going to take that lake and make lots and lots of money on it. Now, if she'd had better help and a network, she could have done lots of different things, but she didn't have that. They thought they were Christians, but they did not do one of the most fundamental things that Christ said to do. The only time he commanded his ministers to do something. I talked to a minister just yesterday. And he's under a strong delusion. He he thinks he's actually preaching the gospel of Christ. But he's not telling the people 
what religion is. He's not even, you know, even that basic idea that religion is how you take care of the needy of your society. When it says visit the widows and orphans, it doesn't mean just stop by and say, hi, how you doing, while they're on government doles. Because the government, the men who call themselves benefactors, but exercise authority one over the other. And Jesus said we were not to be like those governments of the Gentiles who took care of their needy through force. John the Baptist said we weren't to do it through force. We were to take what we had extra and share with those who did not have enough. That's the fundamental message of the gospel of the kingdom. That's what it's called in the Bible, the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of the God is the right to be ruled by God. If you're not being ruled by God, then you haven't been seeking the kingdom of God. You've been looking somewhere else for your salvation. You say, I'm looking for my salvation, because you think salvation is when you die, but Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So people are under strong delusion, and we're coming along saying, hey, that's a delusion. What you think is true ain't so. So that really puts us in in an awkward position, you would think, because most people don't want to hear that what they believe now just ain't so but it ain't so what can i say <laughs> you know i don't know how to break it to you any easier than that but that's what we're going to try to do in talking about the kingdom and i i have uh two series of notes and i've been working on one turning it hopefully into an article and it's not quite ready uh but uh it i mean it it could be ready but I think I need to add some more to it because you need so much explanation of what you don't understand now. And the fact is, is all this information that we're sharing with you has been shared with you for century upon century. It's been explained out in in absolute minute detail by men a lot smarter than me. And you are completely unaware of that because you went to the benefactors who exercised authority one over the other for your education, public schools, uh, corporate schools that are approved by the government. And there has been an influence, a conspiracy of the soul to make you think a certain way. And now I see the battle drop lines are drawn in society we're seeing it in this whole coronavirus conflict that it's come about in the last few months uh, first months of this year of 2020 and unfortunately people don't see the truth with 2020 vision they don't have the vision to see it they don't have eyes to see and ears to hear and so they were easily manipulated into one of the most disastrous experiments in the history of the world, the known history of the world. I don't know, maybe we've done this before somewhere that I don't know about, but I've never seen such an insane approach to a virus that doesn't hardly kill anybody. I mean, there were 
that we talked earlier, we have a whole series now on virus. You go to preparingyou.com and you can look up coronavirus. And there's a whole series there. It got too big. That page is actually getting too big. There's too much on it. <laughs> but we have videos on it. I mean, it takes a little while to load because it has so many videos and audios and all this kind of stuff. And we have a series, a whole series, a dozen audios that will be up there. And uh, I was talking last week a little bit about what you can do about your immune system. And I was going to get into that in the program in the afternoon. I do a third hour in the afternoon. And uh, things came up, and I was not able to make the program. And so I didn't talk to you about that. But I've taken a lot of notes along those lines to kind of lead you through this idea of immunity. I don't have a really an article up on it yet, but uh, maybe we'll put that together with these audios and what I have to share with you. But I, I took another turn to try to show you the actual Kingdom of Heaven solution going through the backdrop of the events of this coronavirus hysteria. I have to call it hysteria because, like I said, it doesn't kill very many people. We talked, like I said before, in Rome they had a plague that came through that was similar to what was what we know as smallpox. They were completely, uh, they had no immunity to it, but they had been out there fighting people in other parts of the world and they came back and uh, they had this plague, this smallpox plague. Uh, it wasn't quite Imrods, but it was like smallpox. And everybody got sick. And half the men died in Rome. You know, that's, that's the, t- the statistic we get. It may be a little exaggerated. But it was a lot because we were talking also in the shows about the fact that some of the villages that were getting bubonic plague, it was only a small percentage, 2% of the villages in these communities, groups of villages, were uh, dying from bubonic plague each year, 2%. That's not really a lot. So why wasn't everybody getting sick? Well, the fact is everybody doesn't always get sick. They have an immune system that keeps them well. We think that there are germs going around and, and if, if you get the coronavirus, you're going to get sick and die or whatever virus or, you know, people, why did not, I mean, when we had smallpox in this country, Indians died out by huge numbers. You know, the Native Americans died out by huge numbers from smallpox. But the whites didn't die out so bad from smallpox. Why? Because they had a natural immunity. They 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 had a built-in e- immunity. They had died out, you know, when they first were introduced to it in Rome. They had died just like the Indians died. Thousands died. You know, it was it was horrible because they had no immunity then. But then they had immunity and they had a more robust immune system. And so then they were exposed to other plagues throughout the centuries. And then eventually they found America and they came to America. And the smallpox came here and it spread amongst the Indian population. But not so much amongst the white population. People got it. They got better. Uh, Some people didn't get it at all. What was going on? Why were some people getting sick and other people not getting sick? Because they had a robust immune system. 
That was their salvation, the robust immune system. Well, this is in the physical world that we talk about salvation from viruses and and illnesses. But what does that have to do with the kingdom? Well, everything that God created has the same pattern in it, both spiritually and physically and emotionally. The same patterns exist in God's creation because God has a pattern to him. This is why we look at all of nature and we say there has to be a designer. Because what does what does spiritual reality, emotional reality, physical reality have to do with each other? What do the stars have to do with the atoms and molecules of your body? Well, the reality is this, that there is a pattern in them. And those who can see that pattern can see that there is a creator. Others who look too closely at the pattern and and lose sight of the forest for the trees, they can't see that pattern. And couple that with a little vanity, and they think there is no God. There is no great designer. There is no intelligent design. They think this is, we have actually created ourselves through chemical reactions. Of course, that takes away all free will. There can be no free will if you're a product of chemistry, of you know, evolutionary chemistry that you just evolved out of the primordial slimy because that is what chemicals do. They turn into microbes and microbes turn into animals and plants and they turn into people. It's just evolution. No God involved whatsoever. But of course that's ridiculous. (laughs) But to some people it makes sense. So anyway, we're going to try to look at some things and try to make a little bit of sense out of the fact that people have lost their senses in hysteria because they have accepted a lot of things to be true that just ain't so. And then we're going to correlate that as we go to the kingdom of God. And so if if I go to my notes, one of the first things I have in my notes is the word master and I, and my notes did not transfer over. I had to reshut down everything and go back <laughs> to the way, you know, go back to the beginning, uh, just before the program. So I have to go back into and look at just completely gibberish notes that I put together and just grab a few words here and there and see if we can't make sense out of all this. And I started off with a quote. That government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Never for a moment should it be left to irresponsible action. Now, that's a full quote. Some people say that that was George Washington. Other people say they can't find anywhere where George Washington said that. The uh, the original place in which you find that, it says it was the first president. But, of course, George Washington wasn't the first president. There's actually two other first presidents, depending on how you look at it. There's John Hanson of Maryland. He was considered the first president, too. But he was the president of the Congress under the Articles of Confederation, I think. But there's another list that starts uh, way back with Henry. No, I could, actually, I think it's uh, 
I'm trying to remember which guy it was. Uh, I think it was Peyton Randolph was uh, the first president. This was before. This was back. He Peyton Randolph died in 1775. So there hadn't even been the Declaration of Independence yet. <laughs> when Peyton Randolph was the president of the Continental Congress. You see, there was a Continental Congress. There was a Congress under the Articles of the Convention. And there was a Congress under the Constitution of the United States. George Washington was the first president under the Constitution of the United States, but there had been numerous presidents before, so that was not a surprise that there was a president. And the president of the Congress was the president of this government. And the government had different powers under Continental Congress than it had under the Articles of Confederation and much different powers under the Constitution of the United States and much different powers today because things are constantly changing. We have this idea that the Constitution is the same, although people disregard it tremendously. They also don't understand it. And, and they actually think it's some sort of a biblical document that's that's created according to the pattern of that great designer. But according to the Bible, the great designer said that if you're going to have a ruler who can exercise authority, a chief executive officer, a president or of whatever, of lawmakers or representatives, that you should write down a constitution. It's telling you to write this down, the rules by which he can operate and limit the power that he can have. And it tells you right in the Bible how to limit those powers. And we, we write about that. It's in Deuteronomy 17. You can go to preparingyou.com and look up Bible and look up Deuteronomy and go to Deuteronomy 17. Uh, around 1615. I have side notes there. I've actually expanded them this last week. So you can look at what it says to put in your Constitution. Well, if you go read the U.S. Constitution, those items are not in the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> so the U.S. Constitution is not a biblical document. It's not according to the design of God. It's according to the design of men. Now, it's fine. I'm not... I'm not bucking the Constitution. I'm telling you to get rid of it or to change it. I don't think you're capable of rewriting and making it any better than it was. But the Constitution is not what made you great as a nation. It was something else that made you great as a nation. Because the people, even after the Constitution was acquiesced to and accepted and and Washington became the president. I think I think the world of Washington. I think he was a great guy. I mean, I'd love to have him as a neighbor as opposed to some of the people that I have as a neighbor now. Although I have great neighbors, I have a few neighbors that I do not trust. <laughs> but but there that's what God has given me and I'm fine with that. I'm content with that because we're going to live in a world with both good and evil people. And that's what makes us stronger. The same as those bacterias that you thought I forgot about. Those bacterias and diseases like uh, uh, smallpox. The presence of those diseases makes you stronger. Gives you a more robust immune system. You need those diseases. You know, deer could not even hardly run at all 
if it wasn't for lions and bears and wolves, uh, because that's who's taught the deer to run, is is the predator. So it's part of nature to have the predator and the prey. But we're supposed to be keepers of this planet. We're supposed to be outside of that realm of predator and prey, of of life and death. Of We're supposed to be the caretakers, but we are not. And, you know, I, in putting together some of my notes, I, you know, I was looking up. I knew there were at least seven other presidents before George Washington. They just, he was the first one under the acquiesced to Constitution of the United States that was illegally ratified. And those of you who followed, yeah, the Constitution was illegally ratified for those of you who are shocked by that. But that's, it was acquiesced to. And I bring that up often because we're doing that now. We're acquiescing to all kinds of things. We acquiesce to the shutdown. We acquiesce to leaders elected outside of the the provisions of the Constitution of individual states, even sometimes outside of the provisions of the United States. And we have acquiesced and acquiesced and acquiesced. That's a word you need to know. We have a, you can look that up at preparing you as well. Until tyrants rule the day. But there's a reason why we acquiesce. Just to tell you that you've acquiesced and say stop acquiescing. <laughs> isn't going to get rid of the tyrants because the tyrants are actually there because of the tyrant in your own hearts and minds. And the tyrants are in your own heart and mind. The influence, the spiritual tyrants of your heart and mind are in there because nature hates a vacuum. There's something missing in your life that allows for a vacuum in your soul to bring in the influence of the abyss into your heart and mind. In other words, something dark this way comes and is riding upon your heart and mind and causing you not to see clearly what is before you. And it allows you to be foolish. It allows you to become subject to a strong delusion. And so, I have to tell you about that without attacking your delusion. That's why I'm not attacking the Constitution of the United States. I'm not attacking the government of the United States. I'm not attacking the AMA. But I'm going to tell you what you're missing and try to point the way back to your salvation in this life and the next. And so that's what we're going to be going through these things and looking at. We'll be right back. So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So I was mentioning the fact that there were at least 14 different presidents before George Washington, which is kind of interesting. You can always ask people, what, who was the first president in America? <laughs> but you have to say America can't say the United States because there was no United States. But uh, it 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 wasn't George Washington, and of course now, 
Are we talking under the Articles of Confederation or under the Continental Congress? Because they were the presidents. Who's the president of the Congress now? Is that the president of the United States? No, that's not the way it works. It's Pelosi. She's third in line to be president of the United States. (laughs) Can you imagine... For those, I mean, maybe some of you really like that idea of Pelosi being the president of the United States. But uh, if you look at her super trillion dollar uh, budget that she's trying to get passed in Congress, I guess it did pass in Congress. Now it's supposed to go up to the Senate. I don't know whether it will pass up there, but I mean, it's just crazy, 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 crazy things. And I've shared with people on Facebook some of the the people who've gone through and with whole teams of people because it's huge, giant thing. I mean, they're bailing out the lobbyists who brought all this about to begin with. <laughs> so it, it's crazy. Trillions and trillions of dollars that is cursing your children. The Bible warns you, you would curse your children, making you merchandise and, and making you a surety for that debt. Yeah, and, but people say, oh, I'm going to get another stimulus check. $1,200. Wow, good. I'm selling my soul, but, you know, what the heck. I wasn't using it anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. So, but, you know, when I was looking up things and and, and doing research, you know, sometimes out in the field doing this stuff, I was reading about people like Thomas Miffin and John Hancock and Cyrus Griffin of Virginia and Peyton Randolph and John Hansen and all these different guys, Samuel Huntington, you don't even know who these guys are, but these are the guys who are actually putting together the uh, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, saying that all men are created equal and everything. And, of course, I've heard the people say, oh, that America was founded on racism and genocide. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. You don't know what these people went through and what they did. Now, there were good people and there were bad people. There were guys with good ideas and the, there were Samuel, you know, Adams and Alexander Hamilton um, out there coming up with different kinds of ideas and philosophies. And even George Washington, you know, he, he did things that he was later ashamed of and felt bad about. But these were men struggling, trying to figure out what was what. They weren't not just evil or good. They're like you. A mix of the two. Life is about moving towards the light. Towards righteousness and the righteousness of God. Or moving away from it. It's all about direction. You're not going to obtain righteousness. But you can seek righteousness. And so, that's what Christ came to tell you. To seek the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God. And we know it's not righteous to covet your neighbor's goods. It's certainly not righteous to covet your neighbor's goods through government. Especially governments that exercise authority one over the other. Under the pretense that they are benefactors. Because Christ said specifically... You cannot do that. Like the preacher I was talking to yesterday. He's on Social Security. He didn't need to be. He had money. He debated for some time till he was 72 whether or not he should even take it. His children talked him into it. Of course, his children are all grown men. 
But they lack knowledge. They don't understand. They cannot see. They think, well, you paid into it. Well, there is nothing. Everything you paid into it is gone. It's been gone since you begin to pay into it. <laughs> because there is no division of funds. And we go into that. Look up our article on Social Security. We explain. We show you how it works. We're not... What, when you watch the news today, you're getting opinions. You're not getting facts. There's very, very, very few news programs that actually simply tell you the facts and allow you to form your own opinion. As a matter of fact, even Facebook, YouTube, um, and all these different so-called platforms are regulating what you get to have as an opinion. If you have an opinion that's contrary to theirs, you're not allowed to speak. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in freedom. Because they are possessed by a spirit that has filled their hearts because there's a void there. There's a void there because they're not really doing what Christ said. Which is why that pastor cannot see that he already has the mark of the beast. He is a, he is praying to men who exercise authority for the wages of unrighteousness. He is opposing Christ while he preaches Christ. He's a nice guy. He's a generous guy. He's a kind guy. But he's not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I can only hope and pray that he eventually sees it. But he doesn't see it now. And he is deluding other people into thinking that they do see it. But that's not unusual. You can go out and find preachers everywhere. Even on some of the radio stations I appear on, there are preachers who think they're preaching the gospel. They they have smooth-sounding voices, but they are not really preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They don't depend upon charity for their welfare. They don't intend to depend upon charity for their welfare. They depend upon men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Take away from their neighbor. Make your neighbor's merchandise. Curse your children with greater and greater debt. We see it in the news. We see those facts, but we overlook them. Because we are following blind guides. We are following ministers and politicians and newsmen who cannot see the truth. And they cannot see the truth because they have not sought the way. And the way of Christ is the way of charity. And we used to do that in this country. And that's what we're going to show you in the next series. I hope it will be the next series. That we used to do that, but we don't do that anymore. That, uh, that original quote that I gave you that isn't really from George Washington, but often attributed to George Washington, he made it, might have said it, we just can't find written evidence that he said it. But somebody thought that a president, the first president, whichever one they're talking about, because we have at least three on the list so far, said it. But he didn't say it. But I know it also appeared in the Milwaukee Journal uh early part of the last century, 1927 or so. Uh, but it was slightly different. Government, like fire, is a good servant, but a bad master. Let either once escape from the most 
rigorous control and its tendency is to spread in every direction like fire and seize upon whatever it touches that can be converted into fuel to strengthen and extend it. That's what the politicians are doing. That's what we see with the shutdown. We'll give you an example of that. You got a governor in Michigan and, and, and Kate Brown in Oregon and they don't want to open up. They are resisting open up. And I know people who go right up and are planning even to go right face to face and toe to toe with the governor of, or the person posing as governor of the state of Oregon and say, you know, you need to open up. And uh, they supposedly this weekend we've gone into phase one, and a lot of people are pushing that envelope. But there, there was a uh, hair salonist who uh, I think it was a hair salonist or something. Anyway, uh, she most of the people who work for her are just they're not employees; they're just contracts in her salon. And OSHA come down on her, and Children's Services come down on her. Just a plague of agencies. Coming down on her to eat out her substance. This is one of the complaints in the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> that they were trying to eat out our substance with these unwarranted usurpations. Now the, re- the reality in most states, those are not unwarranted usurpations. In the state of Oregon, it actually is an unwarranted usurpation. <laughs> now I, that will take a little bit of explaining. I'm not going to go into all of it right now. But you know, you, if you listen to our shows on a regular basis, you're, you're starting to get lots and lots and lots of pieces of the puzzle. Now, the reality is Oregon has a great opportunity to set an example, you know, to fire the shot heard around the world without using gunpowder, <laughs> that kind of shot, but a shot of truth, by holding their person sitting in the office of governor to the terms of their constitution. Now, I'm not so interested in terms of constitutions other than any more than I'm interested in the terms of putting a piece of machinery together according to manufacturer's instructions. You manufacture these governments. You need to maintain the rules and understand the rules of those governments and hold your leaders to it because that's a biblical principle. Because back there in Deuteronomy 17, it says yours to read those rules to your leader every day. Well, they're not doing that. And I know guys who, who think they're fighting for the Constitution and our rights and all this stuff. But they see a rule in the Oregon Constitution that would get rid of the tyranny that we are now seeing throughout the state. But they will not read that rule to the governor because their buddy is breaking the rule too. And so they think it's okay to ignore the rules that the people have made for their government, for their benefit, for their buddy's benefit. Not the case. That's not the way it works. You have to make your yeses yes, and you say yes to the Constitution, you have to hold that Constitution. But people don't understand that. And what I want you to do is start living by biblical principles in the realm in which you have created for yourself. And this is going to be very important for your health and immunity. Because you want to be not only immune to disease, but immune to foolishness. (laughs) And I'll put it in a more crass, immune to stupidity. Immune to ignorance. And you will remain ignorant if you're not willing to see the truth. This is something that just came up recently again. It comes up on a regular basis. 
But if you deny the truth about some simple things in your life, you will not see anything connected to that. You will, it's like blinders. You know, in, in relationships, if you do not see what you're doing wrong, you will not see reality as it is. You know, like, like that preacher who does not see that he's actually preaching the opposite of the gospel of the kingdom because he wants to take those benefits of the system. So he will not, he will not question he thinks that, you know, he can't wait till Jesus comes back. But the problem is, right now, if Jesus comes back right now, he's going to find him a worker of iniquity. Because he's coveting his neighbor's goods. He's cursing his children with debt. Because he's taking from the government that exercises authority one over the other, which Christ said not to do. So he's not doing what Christ said to do. He doesn't even know he's not, even though he's been told over and over again. Doesn't argue against it. He just doesn't see it. Now, I I just have hope. Uh, that's all I have. I'm I'm not condemning anybody, but I have to call it like it is. So anyway, we see this idea that government is this fire, fire and power as, and. And the government is, the United States government is there because the people acquiesced. Kate Brown is where she is because the people acquiesced. Michigan is shut down because the people acquiesced. Now why did the people acquiesce? Because they were slothful in the ways of righteousness. They were not practicing pure religion. Pure religion is taking care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society. Unspotted by the world. And the word world there, defined right in the concordance, is constitutional orders and systems of government. They have depended in Michigan for almost a century on legal charity. And I use that word legal charity. That will come up later. Not in this show, but it will come up later in other subsequent shows when I really put things together. You should be listening to Keys of the Kingdom regularly. And there are little bits and pieces that are coming in and hopefully they will like seeds, mustard seeds, find root in your soul and start to grow into the garden of your hearts so that you can see what previously you have not seen. You can go way back to 1682 and look at Archbishop of Canterbury, John... uh, Tilston, back then, and he had a sermon, and in one of his sermons, they've recorded all this. This is all part of history. You don't learn history anymore. They took it out of the public schools. Now they've, they took it out long enough that they could replace it with nonsense that isn't even history, so that you think that somehow or other this, this country was founded on slavery <laughs> and genocide. Not so. Not so at all. No evidence of that whatsoever. Now people will, they'll, they'll give you little bits and pieces and they'll say, well, look what they did here, look at the, but they won't show you the other sides, the other, the other things that were going on. They won't show you the compassion and the caring and the sacrifice of the people because that's what really settled this country. I'm not saying there weren't bad people around, but they're not going to show you the clear and big picture. That's why they, they will rewrite the history of these people. You, you go find out what these people sometimes went through at that time. 
and how they struggled and how they prayed. You, you, you don't want to read books about these people. You want to read what they actually said in the context of the times. That's how you study history. The best history book I ever saw was 1492 to 1892. <laughs> That's, now, and I actually have that book now. But anyway, uh, what did, uh, what did the Archbishop of Canterbury say? Which, you know, I'm, you know, if you've listened to our programs, the Archbishop of Canterbury was not the Archbishop of the Church established by Christ. There was a mix, and this is what happens, is that from generation to generation, people, you know, are born uh, Catholic or born Protestant or born Baptist or born, but they're born again in Christ, so they will begin to see things. But even a foolish man can say wise things. So I quote him, The danger of zeal without knowledge. There is nothing other... Uh, there's nothing oftener misleads men than misguided zeal. It is an ignis fatuus, a false fire, which often leads men into bogs and precipices. It appears in the night, in dark, and ignorance and weak minds and offers itself a guide to those who have lost their way. I should say lost the way. (laughs) It is one of the most ungovernable passions of human nature and therefore requires great knowledge and judgment to manage it and keep it within bounds. It is like fire, a good servant, but a bad master. So anyway, he's saying the same thing, and that's way back in 1682, is this, you know, fire can consume you. Zeal can be that fire. And of course, you can go and, I mean, zeal is what crucified Christ. Zeal is what uh, martyred early Christians. But it was zeal in ignorance born in darkness that appears in the night these are the metaphors that he's using see how he's using nature to metaphor the spiritual truth that he's talking about now I don't know personally whether or not he had such zeal or if he was close to the ways of the kingdom that's the thing is that it's seeking the kingdom is an individual journey and uh, there's lots of obstacles in that journey. And power, money, these are obstacles in that journey. Uh, Phineas Taylor Barnum of the Barnum and Bailey Circus once said, Money is in some respects like fire. It is very excellent servant, but a terrible master. So he's saying the same thing. When you have it mastering you... Uh, when interest is uh, constantly piling up against you, it will keep you down in the worst kind of slavery. But let money work for you, and you have the most devoted servant in the world. 
Well, how does your money work for you? Because right now, you're, the, the money you have as debt notes <laughs> and, and the world is on fire with that debt. And you have become a servant, a surety for that debt, and your children also. So this is this is the way in which you've been going for some time. This the problem of the coronavirus shutdown is not a problem that was born in 2020. It was born in 1937 and 1933 and 1913 and uh, it's it's been coming for a long time because we've been turning our backs on the truth. So we're going to get into areas in which where we can kind of try to show you what the truth really is. In order to do that, we're going to go back and look at a little history. Because you don't study history to know the past. That's not why you study history. You think, well, that's why I'm, I'm studying history to know about my past. No, you're studying history to know about your future. Because... The history, history repeats itself. I was just talking to somebody the other day. There's two ways to learn things, easy or hard. Easy way is to learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> the hard way is to learn from your own mistakes. So that's why you study history. It's to learn from the mistakes of others. So you can study stupid men, <laughs> tyrants, uh, good men, all kinds of men. Everybody. Study your neighbors. Your neighbors are making mistakes. You know, what? what's he planting in his garden? What works in his garden? I had a neighbor who planted a real beautiful garden. He had cabbage twice the size of our cabbage. He had, And he had all kinds of stuff. And we're just amazed at how this guy was out here for a short period of time. And he was growing all this wonderful uh, stuff in his garden. And we were wondering how he did it. Well, he did it all with chemical fertilizers. And he brought over a bunch of cabbage when we were harvesting our cabbage. And he laid his cabbage down next to ours. We laid them all out in, on the shady side of the house before we took them into the root cellar. His cabbage was wilting and decaying immediately. It did not keep a week. Our cabbage was still good when the snow was on the ground. <laughs> It did not spoil, but it was great cabbage, especially in coleslaw and, or better yet, fermented. Uh, but, but his cabbage, I mean, it was going bad day one. As soon as he pulled it out of the ground, it was going bad. So we learned from his, what looked like his success, which was actually a failure. Because you don't eat all your garden produce as soon as you pick it. It was lacking in nutrients. And if your food is lacking in nutrients, you will be lacking in nutrients. So there's a lot to be understood. Uh, you know, the next thing in my notes, I was going to point out some of the things that... Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, we've got uh, Fauci, Antonio Fauci. And now I just heard today that uh, Judy Mikovich is going to appear in front of Congress and be asked questions. And uh, and they do these uh, kind of phone video conferences. I don't know if she's going to actually physically be there, but, get, but the coronavirus got everybody doing everything. You can even be tried now by video. <laughs> you don't even have to go to court. You can sit in your cell and be tried. So I don't know if that counts as facing your accusers. But uh, so... 
but that's all come about since the coronavirus thing, because these are all things that were changed in your court systems, and you haven't seen the repercussions of that yet. But you probably will before everything is done. That will probably be interesting. But uh, one of the things I noticed, uh, Anthony uh, uh, Fauci is promoting promoting a, a drug called Ramadislavir, I think is the way they pronounce it, and uh, they've got studies. It's it's a piece of crap. Excuse me, my language, but it is terrible. It is not a good a medication for coronavirus. But he's got the patent on it, evidently, or his buddies do somehow or other, and so he can make money off it. And this is one of the things we covered in some of the last shows, so that people understand what is actually going on with the 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 Bayh-Dole Act, and the Bayh-Dole Act is is actually. Uh, change the face of the planet and the way in which we take care of one another. So anyway, um, the medication that was promoted, mentioned by Trump, and then uh, lots of doctors have used and say they have tremendous success, relief within five hours, uh, uh, absence of symptoms within 48 hours for mild and moderate cases. So they said it was very helpful and basically... It isn't the hydrochloroquine that is the key here. It is the zinc. And the zinc, the best way to get the zinc in your body is through what you eat because that's it's really hard to get in there. But if you're absent the zinc, hydrochloroquine can help get it in there quickly. But better off, you're forearmed before that. And so we're going to get into some of those health things and and just drop those hints because this isn't a health program, but we're going to drop those as we seek the kingdom. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So in studying history, you, you go back and you look at the context of arguments made back in those times, which may have had limited knowledge, limited understanding, but it was men struggling to find the truth, and so they had arguments. So just like the Constitution was not real popular, it was it was extremely unpopular with the people. If it had been put to the vote of the people who lived in the individual states, it would have been voted down. The historians agree to that. That there's there's no opposition to that argument that the people of America would have voted the Constitution down. They did not like it. It was not popular with them. The we the people that they're talking about in the Constitution are the people whose names are at the bottom and those people who became senators and congressmen and the leaders of that federal government. The opposition wrote what they called the anti-federalist papers. When I was in grade school, my brothers were studying the anti-federalist papers and the federalist papers and reading them in their study of history and government in high school. They were familiar with the anti-federalist papers. They memorized Patrick Henry's speech. Give me liberty, give me death. Patrick Henry was a pastor, a minister, and a lawyer. They tell you he was a lawyer, but they don't always tell you that he was a pastor and a minister. (laughs) But uh, he was a barefoot lawyer, and he wrote that speech uh, declaring that he he, uh, uh, wanted to know the whole truth and provide for it. Give me liberty or give me death. 
He wrote that speech, said it, gave it twice in Virginia Assembly and before the Congress, the Continental Congress, because a preacher had been whipped because he did not have permission, he did not have a license to preach. Well, we see that the hair salon owner in uh, Salem being whipped in the public square. They're not actually using a whip, but they're financially whipping her, taking thousands and thousands of dollars away from her, finding her, going in and molesting her children and her family in her home. Troops coming into her home. And we sit by idly doing it. You've lost. It's like the old story that actually I know the guy who's from England and he was in uh, California and he stopped at a restaurant at tea time to have tea. And he got a cup of tea, and uh, he uh, was drinking his tea, but he said a few words, and of course, everybody recognized that he had an English accent, and it was on the 4th of July. And so people started chiding him, and said, what is Alimi doing here on the 4th of July, <laughs> kind of thing. And they had, you know, a, a pleasant conversation back and forth, teasing one another about uh, everything. And then finally, when he got up to leave... He went to pay for his tea, and they said it's actually more than he was putting on the counter. And he said, I thought it was this so much. And they said, well, there's tax. And he had to pay the tax because there's a heavy sales tax in California. And so he he put extra money. I don't know if he planned it out. He's, He's smart enough. He might have even planned this out so he could say this, but... He said loud enough for everybody in the restaurant to hear, tax on tea? <laughs> on the 4th of July? And so anyway, that was the last, and he said the place you could hear a pen drop. And he put an extra dollar or so on the, the counter and, and wished everybody a good day. But then nobody ever said anything. But the reality is, is that we've lost all the freedoms that people once fought for. Because we don't even know what they are. So anyway, that that brings us back to we lack knowledge. We lack understanding of history. So we look at this history and what was going on and why they were making the complaints and try to understand it. But we have to have love in our heart for our neighbor at the same time. We cannot look and study only tyrants. We have to study those people who struggle against tyranny. Tyranny in their own hearts. Because the reason there are tyrants rising up in the world today is there are tyrants in our own heart. The reason Mao Zedong rose up in China was there was tyranny in the hearts of the Chinese people. There were good people in China, but there were too many tyrants in China. That's what tyrants depend upon. Volunteer tyrants to do their bidding for them. So you have to have this mix, though. But either one wins out or the other wins out. If the bad one wins out, you have disease in your society. Your society becomes sick and and oppressed and destroyed. So what does this have to do with your personal immunity? Well, if we go back in time to Louis Pasteur, he was advocating this notion of germs... As the cause of disease. There was another French scientist at the same time named uh, Antoine uh, Becamp. 
And he advocated a conflicting theory known as, you know, this is what they call it, cellular theory of disease. And uh, as an opponent, he believed that disease, particularly major killer diseases, arose in the first instance from a weakness or imbalance in the internal state and quality of the afflicted individual. That's where he believes the disease comes from. Now, we just had coronavirus go everywhere. And if they would start doing the serology test by the tens of thousands and millions, which they should be doing. And I'm not telling everybody to go out and get a serology test. But if they were doing that serology test, they would find out that the coronavirus has already been through a lot more people than they realize. They are realizing that now, even with the PCR test. And, but, and some serology tests that they're realizing a lot more people have been infected than they thought before. But a lot of people aren't infected. They're, when you start producing antibodies, because you get sick, you produce antibodies. And you produce a variety of antibodies. Antibodies are anything that is fighting against the invasion of a foreign entity or germ or virus, uh, bacteria. There's something fighting against that. The presence of bacteria in your body, the good bacteria that lives in your body, is already creating a wall of of uh, obstacles to foreign germs getting into your body. But they still can sometimes get in. You can inhale them. You can you can inject them. You you can eat them. They can they get on your hands and usually they don't get into you unless you have a cut or wound in your skin because your skin is protecting you against these things. You're a capsulated cellular environment, and, and and what you put into your environment is synthesized out by your body, and it makes you healthy. Like I was saying, zinc. The reason hydrochloroquine is working is because they accompany it with zinc and the zinc is needed for your immune system. The reason hydrochloroquine is working is because of the fact you don't have enough zinc in you to begin with. And it didn't get into you the way it needs to get into you through the natural consumption of food. Because if you just take a zinc tablet, that doesn't mean you're going to get zinc in you. You might get some zinc from a tablet, but... There's the best way to get that is to have it naturally available in the food that you're consuming. And then you have to have a body that's at peace enough to take that zinc out and store it away in your cells. So there is some zinc in there to protect you from diseases and bolster your immune system. That's And this is what uh, Antoine uh, Becamp was saying is that the environment in your body, which is dependent often on the environment around you, where you grow your food, where you get your food. And, and also, he he didn't go into this much, but this is a, understandable. The environment, your emotional environment. Because fear, anxiety breaks down your immune system. Because uh, it, it causes chemicals to be released in your body that can actually break down your immune system. And so... You you have these two theories, the camp and Pasteur. Pasteur says germs are bad. We have to stop germs. We have to fight germs. But he took it a step further. He added vaccines where you he's going to try to boost your immune system 
by putting a germ in you or a portion of the germ in you. And he realized this because he saw, observed the natural immunity of people who, and it wasn't just milkmaids that didn't get smallpox. He happened to notice that milkmaids did not get smallpox. But people who drank that milk did not get smallpox as well. A lot of people didn't drink milk. You didn't get it on your shelf. And it's very interesting. Pasteur pasteurized. I mean, that's where we get the word pasteurizing milk. When you pasteurize milk, you actually take away some of its health-giving properties. And it has a lot of health-giving properties. It, I'm not telling everybody they have to drink milk, but if dairy is a remarkable food source and can be very advantageous for some people at different times, depending on what the problem is. It's all very complex because you're all very complex, but it's all very simple too because the patterns repeat themselves in nature and in your soul and in your mind. So if you're infested with a germ, you also may be infested with a disease of ideas that you think something is actually providing you protection and it is actually weakening you. So anyway, De Camp he was arguing his point and Pasteur argued his, but there was no money in De Camp's plan. <laughs> uh, De Camp uh, plan. Uh, but Pasteur, there was a lot of money in Pasteur's plan, and eventually that's why it progressed. Again, back to that uh, uh, Barnum quote where, you know, money can be a dangerous servant. And uh, if it is controlling you, if your motivation is money and profit, which personally I believe that's what Fauci's motivation is, money and profit. Gallo, Fauci, all those guys, Fauci were all, all those guys were together in the idea of making lots of profit. And they made lots of profit. And they have control over millions upon millions of dollars because of the fact that they, they are the blind guides. Now they may actually believe that what they're selling you, the snake oil they're selling you is true. But it's not. Because they're under a strong delusion. Or maybe they're just conspirators out for a lot of money. I don't know. I I don't need to look into their heart. I just know what they're telling you is not true. I know that Pasteur did not have the answer. Vaccines are not the answer. But Camp didn't really have the answer either. The same as those people who wrote the Anti-Federalist Papers did not really see the problem as clearly as they needed. Some of the Anti-Federalist Papers just ramble on and on. And they really never get to the point because they really don't understand the problem. They did sense there was something wrong. But their own anger and resentment, I think, clouded their judgment. And this is why I tell people not to be angry. Don't get mad. Get organized. Get your thinking organized. Start understanding how all these things are related. Denying that bacteria could invade a healthy animal and cause disease... Becamp claimed instead that unfavorable hosts and environmental conditions destabilized the host's native microzymas. That's what he called it back then. We don't use that term now. But the idea of the micro, that he had no idea how complex the internal workings of the cells are. But he, for his time, the information that he had for his time he understood that there were microorganisms working in your body. You have trillions 
of viruses and bacteria in your body right now. And there, there's a whole cities and inhabitants of your body that is a part of your good health. But that imbalance is what we call disease. And so you want to avoid that disease, that imbalance. What causes that imbalance? Well, lots of things. Like I say, poor diet. But, you know, Jesus talks about, doesn't everything go out in the drought? Everything just pass out? Why, why do you still get, why does what go into your mouth destroy you? You know, and, and he talks about, and, and the apostles talk about, not being poisoned by poisons. Poisons don't even poison you. Because you become immune to that if you seek the kingdom of God. Your body actually will produce virus-looking exosomes that will consume poison if it gets into your body and break it down. Your body can actually manufacture a chemical process that will break down poisons if they come into your body. One of the vaccines that you get, that you give small children, isn't even really a vaccine. It's actually the toxins that are created by the disease. They don't tell you which one. I know which one, but it doesn't really matter. It's it's the uh, it's the toxin that kills the child, and so they actually inject the toxin into the child because they're stimulating a part of your immune system to create the exosomes that will break down that toxin. Because when you get really sick, now some people get really sick with that disease and the toxins start to kill them. Some people get a little sick and their exosomes begin to break down the toxins and also the other part of their immune system is creating antibiotics in their system, antibodies in their system that will actually fight the disease directly. So you have some exosomes fighting the toxin, some exosomes that are destroying the... uh, the actual incoming and white blood cells incoming uh, disease carriers, and some of the antibodies that your body is producing is actually sending messages to your body not to replicate these viruses that are getting into you. So there's a there's a huge amount of things going on in this body that just evolved out of the primordial slot, <laughs> and this is this is that microzymas that uh, B-Camp was talking about. And he's saying, that's what keeps you healthy. Pasteur ignored that. And he said, no, I'm going to make my vaccines and and make lots of money. Well, he probably wasn't thinking of making lots of money, but it was a different theory. And there's some truth to what Pasteur says, and there's quite a bit of truth to what B-Camp says. But uh, what truth are you getting today? Well, uh you know, I put up some videos on Makovich and, uh, and, but there's a lot of other people that have been saying the same thing that she says. And she was talking about viruses that were in mice were found in the blood supply of people on the street and blood supply that you were finding that was being distributed in hospitals. She immediately looked into can you filter these viruses out of that blood supply and found people who could do it. But you can't filter them out of vaccines because if you do that, you also filter out the property of the vaccine that they're trying to inject into you to to stimulate your system to prevent another disease. Vaccines don't cure anything. Vaccines are only used to stimulate your system 
to cure it. Your immune system, they're trying to stimulate your immune system to have a pre-existing resistance to that disease. The problem is, is that they're injecting other stuff into you as well. Because the source of their vaccine is through other animals and uh, other living tissues. They're, they're using, they were using mice which is why the mouse vaccine, uh, mouse viruses were getting into the population and causing all kinds of problems. And people act like, oh my gosh, this is back in 1984 and they're discovering this. Oh my goodness, you know, and everything. And, but they immediately suppressed Judy Mikovich's, uh, study and discovery. And, and the fact is I'm kind of amazed that she was so naive that this was already discovered. 20 years before. It was already suspected that it would be a problem 30 and 40 years before and there were scientists coming out warning against this. They they were using uh, monkeys. Uh, what they call simian vacuolating virus 40. SV40. Was found. This is from the CDC website. So this is not conspiracy theory stuff. This is the CDC admit that 98 million Americans were given cancer virus via the polio shot. Uh, that's that's actually that's a fact. Is is between 1955 and 1963, 98 million Americans received. One or more doses of a polio shot, which was contaminated, at least in part, we don't know how much, with cancer-causing viruses, the SV40. And uh, now there's, if you go Google SV40, you're going to also, I think it's a motorcycle or something, some sort of excavation excavation equipment. But it originally was this simian vacuolating virus uh, 40 and it's in people and it's passed from people to people if you don't get it out of your body and uh, more robust immune systems might get it out but it but the fact is your body can adjust disease has been around for a long time these other bacteria has been around for a long time what you want is that robust immune system that protects you and and it is amazing how much that can protect you. I actually once had a shot given to me uh, in my arm. And uh, it, it only took a few... St- there was one of these mass uh, inoculations going on in schools. I was in a private school, but they came to the private school. And they were giving mass inoculations in that school. And they gave me something. I can't even remember what it was. Maybe it was smallpox. I don't know. But... Uh, I took a few steps away and there was this blood-curdling scream of the girl next to me who had just gotten a shot. There were two nurses there giving out shots. And she was screaming because she looked at my arm and there was just blood running down my arm and dripping on the floor. So whatever was in that vaccine (laughs) uh, was ejected uh, out of my body and onto the floor. So hopefully that was a good thing. (laughs) So anyway... But uh, I've actually seen people who get uh, intravenous injections. There's not supposed to be any drugs in the injection. They, we found out later there was drugs in the injection. And the needle kept popping out of the arm. 
it would not stay in the arm. It actually forced its way out. I've, I've known a number of people that this is actually the case, and they could not understand. They would put the needle in, they would tape it in, and it would still come out under the tape. And they could not figure out why in the world was their body actually forcing the needle out of their out of their flesh. And, and they're not jumping around or moving around. It's just their body was rejecting that needle, physically moving the needle out. One person's arm, there was so much tape on it, trying to hold that needle into their arm. <laughs> and and the, because they said they didn't want any drugs, and they were putting drugs in and not telling the person. So your immune system is a far, far more complex than you realize it's not just those three different you know where they're going for the toxin they're going for the actual invading thing they're sending out messages to all your cells to have nothing to do with this invader and to starve it out they're actually sending out proteins that will attach themselves to uh any cancerous cells that are created by sv40 because it's a carcinogenic virus it can actually cause Cancers, and that's what's happening. That's one of the reasons you're having the plagues of cancers now. This is CDC stuff. This is this is their own information. Vac A, Vac uh, uh, Cag A, um, H uh, pylori uh, <laughs> products uh, that are in your and proteins that are in your body assembled into uh, oligomers. Uh, this is all part of this thing. I'm not going to bore you with all the technical things. But these different elements that are going on in your cells, there's a war going on in your body constantly, suggests that there are, there may be other secreted proteins also related to inflammation in your body. So most of the people that are dying from coronavirus because of pre-existing conditions are dying from the cytochondria kind of storm that takes place because part of their immune system is shut down. Part of that immune system may be shut down because of age, but also because of uh, poor eating habits and other health problems that they've had. But anyway, all these things are going on, and I won't I won't bore you with all that, but there are peop- people out there that uh, are are discovering that this idea that came down through Pasteur that has become a multi-billion trillion dollar industry is flawed. And that they're not looking at the flaws. See, it's not that the vaccine is the problem. I'm not saying I'm anti-vax. I am pro-good uh, Antoine the Camp health and environment. I think that's primary. But there could be some people that a vaccine might be a good thing for. For some reason or other. I'm not not passing judgment one way or the other. But it's all the other stuff that's in the vaccine that is causing problems. The SV40, the the, the mice uh, viruses that are getting into the body and, and DNA and RNA that are getting into the body. These are causing all kinds of problems. And there are people that are seeing it and there are people who do not want to see it. And... That's a problem. They want to be blind to that because if that's exposed, which is what Judy Makovich, Dr. Judy Makovich was pointing out and other doctors pointed out before, multi-million dollar businesses will go out of business. 
But that's not their only ally in this argument. The other ally is is that people are afraid that vaccines are not their salvation. And this is what she's suggesting. That white-coated doctors are not their salvation. And they have made a religion of faith out of science. And they believe that science will save them. They don't have a God. They've removed God from the equation. And they're afraid that science will not actually save them. So they want to kill anybody who says to the contrary. We'll be back. The Keys of the Kingdom. So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So are there other people saying the same thing that Judy was saying? Are there other people that are suggesting that the uh, other people with credentials that are suggesting that that there are toxins besides the obvious toxins that we are listed in the inserts in vaccines that are not listed in the inserts in vaccines that is getting into the blood supply of humanity and actually being transferred from people to people. Where is is she right about that? One of the big things that she is talking about, she's trying to put out a fire. You remember that fire that is the master. <laughs> And that fire was started with the Bidol Act. She wants that Bidol Act reversed because it has put money, it has let loose that fire of money that P.T. Barnum was talking about that is running your medical system. It isn't compassion. It, is, it isn't what you hear in the Hippocratic Oath. It is money. Now, I'm not saying all doctors are motivated out of that, and that, although there can be a lot of them that are, and pride and everything else. And uh, the end, it's become an industry of profit. And disease should not become a profit to people. So, But this, this is pervasive because of the fact that you've all become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for your livelihood on the property of others. And this has been altering and degenerating society so that they cannot see this. The people that are afraid of what Judy is saying and others have said before her and tried to suppress them the same as they tried to suppress her, they are for the profit of their own vanity. They're afraid to admit that their faith in science or the scientific arena, we'll call it an arena, a uh, circus, scientific circus, is misplaced. We see the same thing with global warming. There are thousands of scientists that say that global warming is not the threat that they are saying in their models. Their models have all proven wrong over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Except for the models that say that global warming is not that big of a problem. And that it will only go up so much. And there's all kinds of scientists with PhDs saying, no, wait a minute. But the money, the grants, only go to those who fit the political narrative. So James Chin wrote a book, The AIDS Pandemic, The Collision of Epidemiology with Political Correctness. It's, you can, it's published by Radcliffe Publishing back in 2007. He says in there, estimations of the projection of HIV infections and AIDS cases and deaths can be considered more of an art than a science because of the marked limitations of both available data and the method 
for estimation and projection. These limitations make it possible for unaids and other aids program advocates and activists to issue misleading and inflated estimates and projections. So in other words, they're saying that their models can be destructive to the, the goal. And of course they were. And this is, we're going to get in HIV, the virus, HIV virus, may not cause AIDS at all. It may be just an accompanying virus. But there's millions upon millions upon millions of dollars resting on the idea that HIV is the cause of AIDS. And there are other people that are actually leaning more towards Camp's theory, even though they are scientists, white coat scientists, PhDs, and Nobel Prize winning scientists, they're realizing that there's something wrong here. They're just asking questions. Tell you the truth, Judy was a little naive to think she could get away with what she was saying. They're, they're being more cautious and just asking questions, but nobody's answering the questions. But the interesting thing is, Fauci and Gallo were the same people that were after <laughs> Judy. <laughs> and she was just talking, she was just talking about what she was finding in the blood supply. But anyway, there's other people. Rebecca uh, Coolshaw. C-U-L-S-H-A-W. You can look her up. She says a retrovirus is nothing more than an RNA with an outer protein shell. That's what, you know, you see that little shell around some RNA. And there's these little protein spikes on that shell. And that's what uh, a retrovirus is. The shell enables it to bind to cells with those proteins uh, of the type it infects. And once it gains entry, now those little proteins, they're, they're, they're a complex little chemical chain. It's actually a double chain. But its outer coating disappears and the RNA is transcribed to DNA and incorporated as a provirus into the host cell own genome. It is for this reason that the retroviruses are called enveloped viruses. And it is also the reason that it is very difficult to distinguish between exogenous retroviruses, those that originate outside of the body from a foreign invader, and endogenous retroviruses, those that are manufactured from our own retroviral like genetic sequences under conditions of cellular stress, including disease. So you see, much of the genetics materials attributed to HIV is in fact DNA and RNA from these decaying cells. Human beings are filled with such endogenous retroviruses, trillions of them. They're in your body all the time. And your body's handling it. You don't even have to think about it. They're thinking about it. They're working on it. But anyway, you know, she she wrote, she's written a, a number of things, but she's written books. But she's telling you that how this retro RNA retrovirus gets into you. They're talking about, and I should mention it here before we run out of time, they're talking about an RNA vaccine. 
and I, I've I mentioned this to people that I discuss with in Facebook because this is where I do a lot of my research is I see what people are thinking, what people are talking about, that the talking heads are talking about because I have no TV station out here. So I look at that and then I look like, well, that doesn't fit into the kingdom. That doesn't fit into the way that God wants you to be healthy. And so then I, I do other research and actually go and read the actual medical papers and the actual books that these people put out. And I see where their thinking is at. And there's a mix in some of these between Bacamp's thinking and Pasteur's thinking. So we see in other fields such as gene therapy, it is uh, axiomatic that retroviruses are the ideal carriers of genetic material because they don't kill cells. Incredibly, this is where the so-called HIV debate first forked Back in 1987, it actually was forking a little earlier than that, but 1987, 1988, they began to realize that there was something going on here that that wasn't matching up with what Fauci and Gallo were saying. And where the, the camp remained bitterly divided to this day. So there is a division amongst the people as to whether HIV virus is actually causing auto the, this autoimmune thing that we call AIDS. And uh, there's been a number of people that have, uh, that are well positioned and still funded because they're clever enough just to ask questions than to tell you the way they see it. Judy is just lay her cards on the table. She's just matter of fact. She's a genius, but she doesn't understand, well, she may understand now the politics. <laughs> But she learned the hard way. Like I say, there's two ways to learn this, easy or hard. But the reality is, the reason I'm showing you all this is that you have to start learning things. And you have that same choice of learning things easy or hard. Like, uh, is this new RNA vaccine? All vaccines have RNA in them. Because that's what a virus is. It's RNA inside that envelope. But the new RNA, there are no RNA vaccines approved for human use. But this is the forerunner. This is what they are saying in the medical journals. The forerunner is an RNA vaccine. And you just see here RNA vaccine, you think, well, okay, what is that? You know, you don't think beyond that. It's a synthetic RNA vaccine. They're trying to eliminate animals from the process of obtaining viruses. They were going to use human tumors, because uh, human cancers, to produce vaccines. That was a theory at one time. But because cancer cells don't die, they just keep living forever. So once you're using this human cancers to produce their vaccines, they, but somebody said, you know, that might be kind of dangerous. We may not want to do that. <laughs> so then they started using animals. And of course, monkeys, we're all monkeys, right? Because we evolved from the slime. So they thought they'd use monkeys. They were warned. I've, I've heard out of the mouths of the guy, scientists who were putting these Vaccines together from the beginning in the laboratories, working for the companies that were doing this, saying there's a danger because there are other viruses in these monkeys and other viral RNA, DNA material in the vaccines. We don't know what the long-term effects of the. They were saying this out loud in interviews back in those days. And... That just cost too much. That just was gonna, that was gonna cut the bottom line and money was the fire. 
they were going to follow the money. And so that's the way they were going. So who are these other guys that have questions about HIV? And the reason I'm bringing up HIV is that's another virus plague that was supposedly going around. Did you know how many people, how many people do they find HIV virus in AIDS patients? How many of the AIDS patients actually have the HIV virus in them when they test for it? Because, I mean, like, who's the guy who invented the test? Well, he's the same guy who invented the PCR test. And so they're looking for this debris. And then now they're synthesizing some of that debris. But like uh, Rebecca was just saying, it's very hard to tell what you're looking at. Because it's just RNA inside this envelope. And it will be very similar. The virus will be very similar to the RNA envelope exosome that is produced inside the cell when it replicates itself. It may not be the same, but it may be similar. But anyway, there's a guy, uh, Peter Duesberg, and he's been clever enough just to ask questions. But he's actually asked Gallo himself, and Gallo just turns around and walks away, according to the stories that I've been reading. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that is going on behind the scenes that they don't want you to know about. That The news is filtering out what they don't want you to know about. We know this. I mean, Facebook, YouTube, they're censoring any opinion contrary to their own. They don't believe in freedom of speech. Well, money has been filtering out. I mean, like the polio. We've, we've got an article up on polio vaccines. We've got an article up on the uh, uh, polio and cancer connection that we see there in the CDC website where they talk about SV40. You can read that and become educated. But what we really want you to understand is how this works in relationship to the kingdom of God. You have ideas in your head that are like viruses. You have preconceived notions that are changing the balance of your mind and your heart. Where you now think it's okay to take from your neighbor as long as you get the government to knock on their door and take thousands and thousands of dollars or their sweat and blood. You think it's okay to send the sheriff to your to the local widow's house and take her house away from her or threaten to take her house away from her if she does not pay for your child's education. You think that's okay. That's a disease idea. That's not a kingdom idea. Christ says that's not okay. That's coveting your neighbor's goods. Moses said that's not okay. That's coveting your neighbor's goods. If you're a Jew... If you're a Christian, Protestant, Catholic, Jehovah Witness, and you think it's okay to take from your neighbor, from the local widow, to provide you with free education for your children through a public school system supported by men who exercise authority, you're going against Christ. You're you're ridden with a disease of the mind. Because you have accepted into your mind an idea that just ain't so. You have to repent. Think differently. That's what repenting means. That it's not okay to take from your neighbor at the point of a gun. Even though you're not carrying the gun. you got the sheriff out there carrying the gun. And the tax collector taking taking the property away from your neighbor or threatening to. 
If they do not pay for your child's education. This alters you. This changes you from the DNA of Christ to the DNA of Satan. And Satan is a busy, 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 busy guy. And you have been going opposite of the kingdom. You haven't been seeking the righteousness of God. The self-righteousness of socialists who think that the world owes them a living. You know, the story of the grasshopper and the ant. The ants eat the grasshopper. <laughs> that's, that's how that story ends, just in case you know. But anyway, Peter Duesberg is a professor of molecular and cell biology at uh, UC Berkeley. He's been saying that he only finds 40% of the AIDS patients have the HIV virus. And they're finding lots of people, got into the news a few times, lots of people with HIV virus that don't have AIDS. So AIDS is, it's just a companion virus. That it's something else causing the AIDS. And the best guesses that I've seen so far, and I've looked at a a variety of, uh, you know, Duesenberg and uh, Resnick has written stuff about this and and a lot of other epidemiologists. I can't remember all their names right off. (laughs) But uh, what's happening is they're, because of lifestyle, drug use, malnutrition, uh, parasites, parasites are in bodies and people in Africa. This is one of the big problems where why AIDS is showing up everywhere in Africa. You know, the HIV is floating around in there too, but like uh, Chin says, it's kind of an art figuring out. What's really, it's not really science because there's, it's, the real science is saying, wait a minute, why do these people have what is very clearly AIDS, all the reactions of AIDS, but they don't have HIV. We can't find HIV in them, the virus. We can't find the virus in them. Well, that should just send up red flags. And it has with many biologists. But if you were to accept what they're asking as a legitimate question and try to answer it, suddenly Gallo and Fauci are crazy. And they're wrong. And they should be relinquished to the dustbin. Somewhere, teaching high school biology somewhere. Uh, or maybe not even that. Maybe working in the janitorial realm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they got enough money now. They don't need any more money. So that I don't care what happens to them. I care what happens to you. That you are fooled by these people. That you were, and then, you know, what did, what did we say? Good men do nothing. This is how this goes about. This is how this comes about. What do you do? How do we change? How do we turn this around to go the other way? How do we seek the kingdom instead of this other way? I have all kinds of other notes about uh, neoplastic growth, you know, cancers, how this all comes about. Fast checks on Facebook that are just unbelievable. The fat packed checks on Facebook. That they're, it's nonsense. I go and read these articles and that is, they lack logic. They lack facts. They, they're full of distortions and defamation. You're going to have to see clearly to see beyond all the lies because they're just pouring them out. Uh, I, I shared a recent Ben Swan, uh, interview 
of uh, Judy Mikovich, Dr. J, I guess they call her at times. And it was really good because Ben Swan's been through this this whole process of defamation when you try to do truth in media. That There's no room for truth in much of the media today. We see that, you know, in the way they handle things. You want to seek the truth. You want to seek the kingdom of God. You want to seek the righteousness of God. You have to do what Christ said. He said, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Ben Swan wants to create another platform that is for free speech and put it on uh, the intellectual dark web is trying to do the same thing. I see problems with all these things. And maybe they'll overcome them. And if that's what they want to pursue, this free country, that's great. You should pursue the network of Christ, which is sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And not just being someone who talks about the truth, but actually starts caring about one another. Because these lies have a place in you, just like the bacteria and the virus have a place in you. Because nature abhors a vacuum. You have to fill your heart with love for one another. You have to start caring and putting that care into action. You have to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. You can't just sit up there and say, Jesus died for your sins. You have to die for the sins too. You have to lay down your life for one another so that you can pick up your life more abundantly. Christ was showing you how to do it. He didn't just do it for you. The guys who say you don't have to do anything, you're not going to earn salvation. I agree. But you have to become a doer of the word. If you love him, that's not a problem of me saying that. It's only when you want to believe in the false doctrine of false ministers that you say, you, you say, oh no, there's nothing we have to do. Don't tell us we have to do something. You have to do what Christ commanded if he's your king. If you don't want to do what Christ commanded, he's not your king. You have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring for one another to fill that vacuum that this diseased idea has gotten into. It will regenerate you if you do what Christ said the way Christ said to do it. If you continue to do things the way Polybius said not to do them, the way John the Baptist said not to do them, the way the apostles said not to do them, way even Christ said not to do them. You are not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. If you're sending your kids to public school, you're doing that. You're like the Gentiles who exercise authority. I know public school teachers that homeschool their kids. They work for the public school but they home teach their kids. You can do that yourselves. I'm not saying to get out of the system. I saw some people who were on the network were talking about how do we get out of the system. You have to get the system out of your heart. You have been looking at the monster too long. You have been staring into the abyss too long. You have, been, you have to stop not only biting one another, you have to start laying down your life for one another and love for one another so that God may regenerate your spirit. He says, if you're going to go this way of governments that exercise authority one over the other, they're going to end up taking and taking and taking and taking and taking. They'll curse your children. They'll, they, they, they will do all these things. 
and I won't even hear your complaints. You want God to hear you. You want God to change you. You want God to give you life again, born again. You have to think the way Christ said to think. That's repenting. That's thinking a different way than the world thinks. The world thinks that's okay. You have to think differently. And then you will be immune to bad ideas. You will be immune to the lie. It will have no place in you. Because you are filled with love for one another. You get together in a congregation and you say, I just can't get along with that guy. He just goes on and on and on. Why don't you say something? Why don't you speak to one another? Why don't you have a conversation with one another? You're the government of God. You're supposed to be attending to the civil affairs of God. Learn to sit down with one another, love one another, forgive one another, and you will have life more abundant because that's where God will come in your midst. Until then, all I can say is peace on your house and may God be with you. Join us on the network. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.